0: Welcome to the Balance Bod Pod, where we talk about all things balancing life and health so you can have your cake and eat it too. Or your donuts or your pizza or whatever your thing is. But seriously, health is the greatest gift that we have, and it does not have to come at the cost of enjoying the fun parts of life. So through the podcast, we're going to explore and experience for ourselves what balance truly looks like in our own lives. Stay tuned. (music) I'm not the one Welcome back to the Balance Pod Pod. I'm Corinne Graustra, holistic health coach, podcaster, and blogger, helping you find your balance one step at a time. And today's conversation is going to surround Thanksgiving and all the things that happen with holidays. But before we get to that, I'm so excited to share that I'm going to be able to open up a couple more health coaching spots and take on a couple more health coaching clients here starting in January, which of course is right around the corner. I don't know where life goes, but it's here. So right around the corner uh, to really work together and find your own true balance. Everybody's balance looks different. We talk so much about that here on the podcast. But having somebody to work side by side with you to say, what are you working on? How can I help you? What do you need support in, and where are you going? And to just kind of help funnel your direction into one place to make sure that you're all of the wonderful effort that you're putting into being a healthier person and working on your balance is going towards the end the end result, and it's helping you to make progress towards what you're looking for. So that is my absolute favorite thing out of out of everything I get to do. And I love everything I get to do. But what gets me so excited is to talk with you guys to hear your voice to share your story. And to know just what makes you tick? What kind of struggles are you having? What have you tried? Where is your mindset at? How can we overcome something that you've been struggling with forever? That is my absolute favorite thing that I ever get to do, and so I'm so excited to be able to open up a couple more spots here, and I'm really just here to support you in any way that I can, and I'm just overwhelmed with excitement on where this is going to go and to really just get to connect with you. So if that's something that you're interested in, I want to encourage you to click the link in the show notes here, and that will take you to a page with more information on that. So that will be out here uh, following this episode. And I'm just so, so, so excited. So I'll say excited one more time and then I'll be done talking about how excited I am. But as a side note, because I get this question all the time, I'm located in Minnesota, but I do virtual health coaching sessions through video conferencing. So location is actually not an issue and it doesn't really matter where you are, even if you're not in the state or in the country As long as we can find a mutual time to meet, it will be perfect. So without further ado, I want to jump into our episode for today because I've heard a lot of us are fairly anxious about holiday food and festivities. And so this is something that is very close to my heart and I just wanted to take a couple minutes and really chat about today. So if you're feeling anxious about holiday food and festivities, you're in the right place and you're not alone, but it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, My health coach friends and I were actually having a conversation last week about what foods we were most looking forward to for Thanksgiving, and immediately I got a handful of replies just like this. Ready? Well, my grandma's bringing my all-time favorite sweet potato pie, so I'm definitely going to have a piece, but that's all I'm going to indulge in for the day, and I'm, I'm doing a 5K in the morning, so it should be okay. It should be fine. Excuse me, what? Did I just hear a health coach making excuses for why she's going to enjoy her Thanksgiving? I am so sad. I'm overwhelmingly sad that health coaches, the ones who are supposed to be an example to others in their health and wellness journeys, I didn't say perfect, right? We're still human. So give us a little bit of leeway here. We're stuck in the earn my food mentality and we're apologizing for what they were going to enjoy. If we as health coaches can't seem to get out of this, how is anyone new to the game or stuck in their routine of restrict, binge, restrict, binge? going to get this? How in the world can we move past this? Look, I understand. We ladies have got goals here. We want to lose fat. We want to build muscle. We want to get leaner. We want to not let the holidays ruin all of our progress, and they absolutely can if we're not careful. We want to stay on top of this. But at what cost? And how do the real consequences compare to the perceived consequences of the holidays? Now, I imagine we build up the day in our heads to be a test of our discipline. We are so afraid of what big bad Thanksgiving might do to us that we vow to not even give it an inch. No pie shall pass my lips, for I will go crazy and eat the whole pie. Or maybe we see it as the enemy to our goals, and if we can just skim by, focus on the proteins, pass on the carbs and the fun stuff, then we can get by unscathed. Where do I think the root of all this fear is? A complete misunderstanding of the role of food. More specifically, one meal or day, and the impact that that has on our health and our weight complete misunderstanding. I think that that is completely the root of everything, right? So let's go through a couple scenarios that are so common uh, to get togethers, especially holidays. And we're going to look at an imagined uh, kind of consequence or an imagined situation versus the reality of that same situation. So scenario one, imagined, if I eat any sweets, I won't be able to control myself and I'm going to eat the whole pie. Reality is that your stomach is only so big. If you eat a piece of pie, you're probably going to really enjoy it and probably also be full because you've eaten a full meal. (laughs) It's not that you haven't eaten in seven days and you are, you know, this is the first sign of food. You've had a full meal. It's very unlikely you're going to even be able to fit the whole pie in your stomach, in your body. I don't think that's a thing. So, imagined versus reality, scenario one. Scenario two, imagined, is if I have any of the carbicides, I'm going to gain weight like a -a hemphalump and I'm going to never get it off. But the reality is if you have mashed potatoes and rolls, your taste buds are going to be super duper happy and your workouts are going to be stronger tomorrow because carbs equal energy. Carbs don't equal fat, carbs equal energy, right? Keep that in mind. And so these are just two of the simple scenarios that I've heard over and over and over again uh, over the last couple weeks and specifically the last few days here. But I want to also share a very just as valid scenario that I went through. It has nothing to do with the holidays. Um, But for those of you that have been following for a while, you know I have an onion intolerance. It started as a sensitivity, but then I took a sensitivity test and it didn't show up. So I thought, well, maybe I was just mistaken. I joyfully reintroduced onion for a grand total of four days until I had a dramatic surge of symptoms that led me to get allergy tested. This was not a good experience, but now through the process of elimination, I now know that I'm not allergic to onions, but I am definitely intolerant. On the day that I reintroduced onions, I had some incredible bruschetta at a friend's house. It was literally amazing, and I was so happy because I hadn't had onion in months, and this is new. This is only, it's been just, just under a year that I've been dealing with this onion weirdness. And so I love onions. <laughs> They're my favorite thing ever. And I'm not having them. So I enjoy onions. It's something that I've, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed for a while here, but now I can't have it. But I remember thinking that these onions were going to implode inside my stomach, like that episode of SpongeBob, where Squidward goes to buy a, bi- a pie bomb for SpongeBob and everything it touches explodes. I'm not joking. I quickly realized I built it up in my head to be my enemy, and much more powerful than it really was. Maybe you can relate to this, right? So my imagined situation here is if I have this onion, I'm going to implode and it will be terrifying. Maybe it's not worth it. And I could probably live without them. Anyways, that's it's totally fine. The reality is that I ate some, read a lot of raw onion and it was delicious I knew it was not going to get wasn't going to spur me into anaphylaxis I was never concerned about it in terms of that kind of allergy Um, so I'm not going to need an EpiPen anytime soon Uh, even though even though you would think that that was something I'm worried about with how dramatic I was in my head about the impact of onion on my day right like I'm going to implode really really Corinne that's a thing no, cool, cool your jets, man. Um, but at most, some digestive distress and a couple other symptoms would happen for a few days, and I'd be sad, big whoop. So we can see in the last few scenarios here, we've got the imagined scenario and the reality of that scenario. And if mine feels a little bit dramatic, it is. It it, it is. <laughs> I will just say that I'm fully fully gonna own up to that one. And I was very surprised to to feel how I was feeling in that moment of like, why am I so terrified? but it's not that different than what we feel in in scenario one and scenario two. That if we eat any sweets, we won't be able to control yourself and you'll eat the whole pie. When in your life have you ever eaten a whole pie? After a full meal, right? Think about that. Let's go with the likelihood of that. Or that, you know, the carbicides are going to make you gain weight and never get it off. That also, these are just all three of these scenarios have a lot of the same um, misconceptions to them. That That this food has so much more power, perceived power, than it actually does in reality. Getting past this requires a complete understanding of how our bodies actually work, not how we've heard or how one nutrient affects our body. So I want to cover the basics here. First things first, carbs don't make you fat. Second thing second, fat doesn't make you fat. Third thing third, sugar doesn't make you fat. I will say those again. I will repeat it. Can I get an amen in the back? Carbs don't make you fat, fat doesn't make you fat, sugar does not make you fat. Weight gain comes down to taking in more calories than you burn, keywords, on a regular basis, and eating more junk food than good food on a regular basis. But here's the thing, our bodies are way more farsighted than to just react to what's happening in any given 24-hour period. They take the information they get in a week's time or even longer and figure out what to do with it. A calorie surplus on one day, especially if other days are not a calorie surplus, is not enough to signal your body to store that. More often, we are under-eating, and that day signals our metabolism to not slow down in response to not eating enough consistently. When you are consistently on track with your eating and exercise goals, your body burns through those excess calories and barely even notices them. Another truth... You can only fit so much food in your body. You don't magically turn into an endless pit when the clock strikes 2 p.m. on Thanksgiving. You are very likely only going to be able to eat a little more than you usually do. There's not going to be any 10K calorie days and those do not happen on accident. Even the the quote-unquote fitness people who, you know, go and do like a 10k calorie calorie cheat day. That's hard. <laughs> That's hard. It's a lot of calories. It's a lot of food. And you have to eat so much junk to get to 10,000 calories. I will bet any of you $1,000 that you cannot eat 10,000 calories of broccoli would be like your body weight in broccoli. It's a lot of broccoli, right? So if you're eating healthy food, it's ne- nearly impossible to get to a 10K calorie day. And also, why would you want to? Because that is so far past your past your hunger signals that it is not even worth it. But again, those do not happen on accident. It's not just a thing that you're going to be like, oh, oops, I had 10,000 calories. No. So what is realistic weight gain on a day like Thanksgiving? Like, let's just lay it out there. What are we looking at? If I'm able to have some of this stuff, and if I indulge and I enjoy myself, and just like you're saying, Corinne, I like breathe for a hot second and I just enjoy my piece of pie, what is realistic weight gain on a day like Thanksgiving? Well, for most of us, truly enjoying ourselves on Thanksgiving leaves us exactly zero pounds heavier in one week. I will say that again, zero pounds heavier. (laughs) The most amount of fat you could realistically gain from one day, and this is pushing it, is a half a pound. And as soon as that day is over and you go back to real life, it's not going to stick around. Here's the other thing, though, is that the scale is going to tell you you've gained more every time. The scale is not a good indicator of weight gain or weight loss. It's a scale. I don't know why it's so popular, but it is. And it's what we've got. Stay off of it. <laughs> do not do that for at least a week after a Thanksgiving meal or a holiday meal, because it's not you. It's not your it's not your weight. It is your weight plus the water retention. I've never I've never had a really delicious treating myself sort of meal that isn't full of sodium and alcohol. Like it just doesn't. I, I don't know that it exists. I haven't had that. And so that's going to make the number on the scale look different than it is in your body. It's going to show you some really crazy numbers. You maybe even see, we'll see seven pounds gained. That's not even physically possible to gain seven pounds of fat or seven pounds of anything overnight. What you're looking at is water and it is sodium and it is alcohol and it is not your actual true weight. So give yourself a couple days, don't step on the scale, and it's very likely you won't even need to panic at all come one week from now cool so the other thing here that I get is like okay fine like I get it Corinne I hear you I hear what you're saying why does it even matter can't I just stay the same and bide my time until the holidays are over and my short answer to that is not on my watch (laughs) because we know that you can exchange Thanksgiving for Christmas Easter your birthday your anniversary whatever special day insert your special day here they are all the same. They are about enjoying your time with friends and family, and having some delicious food. And yes, you can absolutely go to that to go to that special event or special occasion and not have any of that stuff because it's more about the family than it is in the friends than it is about the food. However, life would not be as much fun without treats. So why are you going to deprive yourself of? You don't have to. Part of this is enjoying life. If we never escape this fear of food, we're never gonna make progress towards food freedom and balance. If food continues to control our thoughts, actions, and feelings, We are idolizing food. In real talk here, as a Christian, I realized food was an idol for me, and it was a very convicting moment. It is possible to make progress and to move in the other direction to a point where food stops becoming such an idol and more just a factor of everyday life. Think also about what happens when you restrict and to tell yourself no over and over again. We tend to binge during a moment that we're caught unprepared and hungry or emotional, leading us to then make promises to ourselves we know full well we can't keep. No pizza for the next 50 years. Done with mine forever. Cut yourself some slack, please. And while we're cutting ourselves some slack, you never need to apologize or justify what you're eating. Like ever, 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 ever. You don't owe anyone anything with your food choices. That is totally a non-consideration. So don't apologize for what you're eating. If you want to have your pumpkin pie, eat it loud and proud. Enjoy yourself. Love it. And don't apologize for it. Don't apologize for it. On Thanksgiving, Melissa Hartwig, if you are not familiar with her, she is the Whole30 creator. She posted this Instagram post that I really want to share with you because It really speaks to how the intention behind the actions that you take on a holiday or other, you know, special occasions is so important. It's more important than the specific action you take. So again, the intention behind the action is more important than the action itself. So she posted a tale of two mindsets, parentheses, don't freak, just keep reading. (laughs) This morning, I went to the gym because it's Thanksgiving and I had to earn all the extra calories I was about to eat parentheses plus a thanksgiving morning fitness post for instagram shows the world that i'm a healthy fit person when i got there i worked extra hard because i know i'm going to give in to all the thanksgiving temptations but i won't even worry about it because i can put all those extra carbs to work in tomorrow's workout which of course will also have to be extra long hashtag all the pie i did my hashtag mind right meditation drank my decaf and ate a whole 30 breakfast as penance for what i was about to consume She also says, This morning I went to the gym because it's Thursday, and I always go to the gym on Thursday. I also woke up excited to move because there was a yoga sequence I wanted to play around with. It proved harder than it looked. I had to really work for it. I was excited when I finally nailed it, so I shared it on Instagram. I did my hashtag mindright meditation, came home, drank my decaf, and made a delicious whole 30 breakfast. Oh, and happy Thanksgiving. Two morning routines, each conducted exactly the same on the very same day. One speaks of insecurity, fear, guilt, and punishment. The other is centered, confident, and driven by self-love. What's your mindset? And I really just love, love, love how she put that because it's completely how I feel about things. Uh, And I'm curious to know which, which category do you fall into? You fall into the the first category where you're finding that you are, you know, doing things out of insecurity, fear, guilt, punishments, or out of doing things because they're part of your routine and you're going to do them anyways and you enjoy it. And it's driven by self-love and it's in a spirit of confidence. I've recently gotten a question from a dear friend asking where the line is between being intentional and making choices to get you to your goals versus disordered eating i think it's such an important question and i'm going to do my best to answer it clearly and concisely but i will also start by saying that i think disordered eating which is different than eating disorders is very common as and really has become normal in my opinion it becomes disordered eating when you're identifying with the first example of melissa's message the one who exercised and ate clean as penance for what she was about to do or even if you take it a step further and do all the exercising and eat clean eating and still don't indulge as penance for even thinking about it. Disordered eating could also be categorized as food having more control over us than we would like. I know this is common, but just because something is normal does not mean it's right or does not mean it's the way that things A have to be or B should be. You have so much more control and so much more power than this than this mindset and this feeling allows you. The hard thing with food is that we need it. We can't just be done with it like you can with alcohol or cigarettes, but typically the only life you sabotage with disordered eating is your own, and it's easy to continue without making changes because you can continue without making changes. So to wrap up our episode today, I've got seven steps on how to overcome disordered eating. Step one is having realistic expectations of yourself. Are you seriously going to sit in a room with all of your delicious favorites and only have the veggies and the turkey? Seriously? Be realistic with yourself and don't even just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something or that it's right. Just because you can avoid all your favorites doesn't mean you should or have to. So have very realistic expectations for yourself. That's number one. Number two is have a realistic understanding of the consequences of your choices or lack thereof. Keep this in mind. Typically, we think things are a bigger deal than they actually are. Number three is identify the impact both ways if I indulge, what's my experience? If I don't indulge, what is my experience? Will I make worse choices down the line by denying myself now? Number four, take a deep breath. Do that now. Ready? Go. (laughs) I've said this before, I will say it a 100 million times again, and I will preach it from the rooftops and probably print it on a shirt pretty soon here. But that is that this whole thing is so important, right? We know that health is important. We know that all this stuff matters more than anything in the world. But it's just not that serious. It's just not that serious. What you do occasionally matters way more than what you do once a year, twice a year, four times a year. What you do on a regular basis is where your body is getting its signals from. It's not from the random Thanksgiving meal that I had. It's not from the random time that I ate out uh, and had dessert and a drink for the first time in three months. That's not the signals that our body is taking and using to inform its choices. Take a deep breath. Remember, it's just not that serious. And cut yourself some slack. Number five is never apologize for your food choices. Never in a million years. Ever. Period. Number 6, listen to your hunger cues. There's only so much you can fit in your body. So your hunger cues <laughs> are going to tell you, I'm pretty much at my at my limit. Thanks for thanks for playing. Come back later. So listen to those. Those are really going to help to guide you. And number 7 is to keep it to one day or as long as it's significant. Yes. We've talked about the worth of principle. We've talked about indulging. We've talked about all of this stuff. And I want to remind you that it matters as long as it's significant. As soon as it stops being significant, who cares? If it's Tuesday, if you go and have a piece of pie for breakfast tomorrow on Monday, November twenty sixth, It's kind of not significant. It's been almost a week. Like let's start to put the pie away. We don't need it for breakfast. (laughs) But if it's actually Thanksgiving, eat the pie, right? So things change depending on if it's significant. Keep it to one day or as long as it's significant. So I'll share this one more time on how to overcome disordered eating. Step one: Have realistic expectations of yourself. Step two: Have a realistic understanding of the consequences or lack thereof. Number three is identify the impact of indulging and not indulging. Number four: Take a deep breath. Remember that this is important, and it's just not that serious. Number five: Never apologize for your food choices. Number six, listen to your hunger cues. And number seven, keep it to one day or as long as it's significant. You can get control over your holidays, over your food. And the food that you eat does not have to run you. It doesn't have to control you. You can control it. And it's just not that serious. I can't say that enough. And I'm for sure going to like stitch it on a pillow or something. It's just not that serious. Do what you can with what you have Enjoy your life. Don't forget that we only get one. This is not a practice run. And so say yes to the pie. Say yes to the stuffing and say yes to some of that stuff when it's really significant and when, you, when it allows you a chance to make memories with the people that you love most. My favorite memory of Thanksgiving and really of the of the holidays from growing up is my mom's apple crisp. and I just always looked forward to that. I loved it. It was my absolute favorite part of the holiday and that's now on me. I, I made the apple crisp for this year and I did a pretty good job if I do say so myself. <laughs> but it's something that I really it was significant to me to have some of that. And I looked forward to it every year and Thanksgiving wouldn't be the same. Sure, the day would be the same, but I wouldn't feel the same about Thanksgiving. I wouldn't get the same fuzzy feelings sometimes. When I think about it, had I not had that same traditional uh, apple crisp each year. So don't, just look at food is food is so much more than just calories it's so much more than just fat carbs and protein it's memories it's traditions it's enjoyment it is just time spent with family bonding over things that you both that you all enjoy so with that friends may your potatoes be mashed and your turkey be moist I will chat with you in our next episode thank you so much for your time and I will see you all next week that's all we've got for our episode today thank you for listening rate and subscribe so you don't miss a beat remember that new episodes and the blog posts that go with them drop every monday to start your week off right you can find me on instagram at the balanced body and my blog is balancedbodyblog.co want to work with me head to balancebodyblog.co and click the work with me tab to see if we're a good fit. And finally, any comments, requests, or ideas on who I should interview on the show, send them to me via email or Instagram, and I'm happy, more than happy to add them to my list. Thank you again and have a beautiful week.